Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. I need a fucking video guy. <laughs> I, need a, I need somebody else that's here, but it's not me doing all doing all the things. Wouldn't that be so nice. You just had like someone like Gary V like has someone just following him around all the time and putting yeah. together videos and asking questions. I've had that happen in, in brief stints in my life with just friends that were trying new things out. It was the best. So great because it just that's the, I'm better responsive. I'm right. not like yeah. Oh, I have to come up with something that people are gonna like or whatever. And it's it's so it's so inter- what I end up doing for myself is. I'll be reading something or watching something and then I'll respond to it into my phone. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm the opposite because I've done so many webinars. So I'm always like in teaching mode. I'm like the five main things to blah, blah, blah. So I'm used to that. We do a lot of solos on the best life because, you know, Danny and I um, record in person. So if we're not together, we'll be like, fuck, we need an episode and we'll just do a solo. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like a webinar. Well, Kelly and I are, I'm really stoked about our new show, Okay Babe, because we three. Okay, that was, is that what it is? Explain to me. Okay, so we have, we have, we have our own shows, obviously, and then we have our show together. And it's called Okay Babe, and it's really more around the dating, sexuality, that kind of, that's a more present topic because we were both talking about it so much on our own shows to the point of even, I would say, just like kind of diverting from what we were really wanting to talk about on our own, on our own outlets. So we came together and put this game plan together where we have three three shows a month or us just responding to responding to questions from listeners talking about jumping into topics we've got some segments that we're going to add in and then we have one interview a month so we'll bring on and that gives us the time where we're not constantly having to book i mean we're already constantly booking guests that's 90 percent of my day right so to add on another show to that no thanks so we're doing just one one big like one really big guest a month, and that's that's the way we we handle that. How do you guys navigate working with your partner? Because I've obviously like when I was married, we very like enmeshed in that way, mm-hmm. and now I'm like I don't know that I ever want to work with the person I'm dating. How is it? How have you guys navigated it? Uh, it's been it's been really really challenging in a lot of ways. Like it's because it, there is like an enmeshment piece of that or a codependence piece of that. When you're, and I'm constantly having to recognize it, and and at the end of the day, there's it comes down to us having to say exactly what we feel without the other per- knowing the other person's not going to take it personally. Mm. Like I need you to go away. <laughs> <laughs> and I also leave that we just got a puppy, which has really actually been more of a, a stressful oh, thing. Shit. Cause yes. that, that, then we don't get, I don't get the chance to leave. I can't, cause right. I can't just take the dog anywhere. Right. Um, so that's been actually a little bit more that adds a variable of, Oh, now we're kind of stuck we're at the house. Stuck. And then I'm like, we're you know stealing. what? I'll, I'll handle both the dogs and, and work. You'd go do something else. <laughs> yeah. But we do have some, we have, we have to add a lot of structure and we have to, again, not, not be in a place where we take things personally when someone says, Hey, I need some space. That's so hard. Like, did, was there a process of you having to like, I don't know, teach each other how to not take things personally? Cause I think most people like the default of humans is like, mm-hmm. we feel like we're in trouble. Maybe if someone's like, I need space, we'd be like, well, isn't it better if I'm around? Like, why isn't it? Why don't you want me around? Yeah. It wasn't better all the time. And, and I don't think, I think for both of us, we had both the benefit of both, both of us having been in codependent relationships before mm. was learning that lesson. So we like, we blew a, blew a fucking relationship to pieces and thought, okay, let me not do that again. <laughs> so Does we both, it feel less romantic? Is it uh, like, is it more yeah. clinical sometimes? It's not clin- I wouldn't say it's clinical, but it's less uh, fiery. Like it doesn't have that. Cause you don't, you, you do miss out on that, on that, um, it can become a little bit numb, I would say, because you're together all the time. So you're always, you know, you're cooking lunch together, cooking dinner together, you're getting coffee together, you got this other thing going on, you're doing a podcast. It has to be even so, for example, when Kelly, Kelly's been in LA for, she'll be here for 10 days. I'm here for five. So we did that. That was That's 100% cool. intentional. She left. I had the house to myself. I actually had one of my, one of my friends in town and I was saying we were handling the dogs, doing the things. And then I came to LA doing these podcasts, doing the thing. And then I leave before she comes back. So then I have two days at the house completely by myself. Yep. And then we, we learn to miss each other. Yeah. Right. It's okay. I, like I'm excited to see you now. Yeah. Versus it's just a normal part of my day. And that actually came up on, oh, is it Valentine's day where I did, 
like I cooked dinner for her and did the thing, but I do that all the time. So it almost seemed like just another night and we kind of got into like an argument about it. And it was all the stuff going on. I'm <laughs> yep. like, listen, we went to the mountains and like hiked around, but that's just a normal day. Yep. <laughs> are you guys um, like love language wise? Are you guys quality time? Uh, I am quality time. She is words of affirmation, physical touch. Interesting. Which that causes some issues too. Cause I'm, I'm sitting here being like, I spent so much time with you. And she's like, you didn't do something special. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Whereas you're like, <laughs> we just had the most amazing like weekend getaway. Now we can like not be together for five seconds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but I think everybody, there's no one way to do it. Sure. Right. It's just the knowing that you're probably going to be, whenever you get triggered or upset about something, the, the ability to reflect on that before you react mm. is so helpful. Cause like, okay, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, is this actually something this person's doing? Like, is she really trying to smother me and like get all of my business? Right. No, not pro- she's not trying to. So how can I, how can I come at it with, Hey, here's, you're doing something that you probably don't really realize that you're doing. And it's not that it's wrong, but this is how it makes me, or I, I wouldn't even say this is how it makes me feel. This is how I experience it. Yep. This is what's going on inside of me. And that makes things really, yeah, the working together thing was something I was super cautious about. Yeah. You know, we were already doing the same types of things and and even influencing each other's content in a way because we were adding so much. We were so involved in each other's lives so quickly. Um, But the thing was, it was really great early on. I was the one that pumped the brakes and it wasn't because I was scared of commitment or any other stuff. I mean, I'm sure there was some of that in there, but it was more like. I'm the, my, you're going to try and make this thing move super fast because you're kind of controlling and I'm kind of avoidant. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be the throttle. So whenever you're trying to really railroad the situation, I get to pull the reins and it's not because it's because I'm the one that's pragmatic in the situation. You're love drunk. I'm pragmatic. Like I love the shit out of you too. I get it. But it was, it was something that was, I was able to articulate early on that really fucking helped a ton. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, communication, gosh, it's uh, it definitely adds a different dynamic. So I don't know that I ever want to work with my partner again. I'm so, um, I'm so like entrepreneurial minded, visionary. I just don't like working with anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I can work with Danny J cause we've committed to honest communication. So we've definitely had things come up where like, you know, neither one of us, we've made the, the pack that we won't hold our tongue. Like if something is really like, you know, kind of eating away at us, like, you know, we're starting to feel a little resentful cause it is like sometimes there's seasons in the business. Sometimes I'm more doing Jill fit type stuff. And I'm launching and I'm kind of like head down and I'm not thinking about the podcast and I'm assuming like she's just getting, you know, she's handling it and then vice versa. And so I'm like, I tend to maybe not pull my weight and feel, but we both tend to feel guilty. So I think that mm-hmm. like that helps because both of us are like, well, I feel guilty. I'm not doing enough. And she's like, I feel guilty. I'm not doing enough. So we get it all <laughs> done, but we've committed to honesty. We've had some conversations, you know, cause she wants to build, continue building her own business and me too. So sometimes at the end of the day, the podcast is like kind of the third thing you know that we are like and we love it it's a great like but it's not generating nearly the amount of money that our other businesses are so it's hard always to make it a priority yeah this this idea of resentment in relationships is something Mm. that's really fun to like a rabbit hole to go down god it's so fucking common i talk to when we get messages all the time but i mean people I, i just did a post on it recently and i had a lot of people responding in a dm about like i'm in constant resentment of my spouse and i don't know how to handle it and innate in resentment is self-righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. So like innate, so you already are positioning your way as the better way, mm-hmm. and that's a huge trap. And I had to call myself on it. Like I've actually been experiencing some resentment over the last couple of months, uh, just because Keith is super busy and we've had this conversation. So he won't, if he listens to this, he won't be surprised. Um, you <laughs> know, we've had, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> we've had some conversations and I mean, I think that's what the problem with resentment is it builds when you don't talk about yeah. it. Right. So if you're talking about it, like you can diffuse it, diffuse it, diffuse it and stay ahead of it. Um, but I've been realizing that, you know, he's been super busy with school and he's really stressed out and just things that are new to their, like in, introducing new things. Like you introduced a puppy to the relationship, yeah, right? That yeah. does add another element. Uh, he's back in school. And so I noticed that I was just like doing more stuff around the house. And I always, my advice to someone who is asking me something about resentment is, have tighter boundaries or don't do the things that you're not feeling like you're being appreciated. So I had to take my own advice mm-hmm. be like, all right, Jill, if you say that you're resentful because you're constantly doing like the little things around the house and taking care of this and whatever, just fucking stop doing that. And like, let the chips fall and like, see what happens. And that's hard because I think we want to be, um, we want to be nurturing to our partner. We want to like, you know, help them. We want to like support them if they're having a busy season. And I, you know, well, I'm sure I'll, I'll go through the same thing at some yeah. point, but that's, what's hard about it. Cause really the answer to resentment is you're not, you feel like you're not getting your needs met and no one can meet your needs. 
So at the end of the day, it comes down to me, like, how am I interacting with the situation? So I have to, and so I found myself just like stopping doing some of the things that I was doing that I weren't, I felt like weren't being appreciated. And what happened then? Nothing. Literally, that dude is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's so fine. Like, like, I don't know, I'll give you guys an example. Um, I know he's like super busy and he preps all his food. He's really health conscious. And so I'll, if I go to the grocery store, like I'll just pick up food for him for the next day because I know he wants to cook it and wants to bring it to work or whatever. And I was noticing like, man, I'm like always doing this, you know, but, and then I had this moment of like, and it wasn't necessarily about the money. It was just that like, it was starting to feel expected versus appreciated. And I was like, you know, this dude was, is a grown ass man. He was doing this shit before we started dating. I just, am not going to pick up as much stuff for him anymore and he'll figure it out he doesn't give a shit. He's fine. He's like, I'll just pick it up. Or like, he doesn't, you know, I'll come home with like a salad from whole foods, not one from, for him, which is usually what I do. I usually pick up both of us salads. Yeah. And I like came home with like my own salad and I was like, and he didn't say one thing. He wasn't like, where's my salad? He was just like, he'll he'll figure it out. And it's been totally fine. Yeah. Kelly and I have the same situation. So she's kind of, she's kind of a caretaker like that. And she'll do these things that I'm not, um, I'm not appreciative of, or she doesn't perceive me to be appreciative of. And I'm like, I don't even notice them. Right. Because like for not, you, it's, it's fine. It's literally not on my mind. If they didn't exist, if this thing, if this like bougie sauerkraut that you get that I like to eat <laughs> right. didn't exist, it would it would change the quality of my life zero. Right. So it just doesn't even register. Like right. I've lived on scrambled eggs and, and roasted chicken <laughs> yeah. for a long ass time. Right. When I was like needed to, it just doesn't, I don't have the same thing. Like, Do I'm you more think this concerned. is a man woman thing? Because, you know, we typically think about women like, and this is kind of new for me to be honest, like the idea of like kind of being more nurturing and like nurturing myself self too but like yeah. nurturing in a relationship do you think it's more i do think that women have more of a propensity to, to want to nurture and they want to be appreciated for nurturing yeah. so the heart i think that's where the bit some of the times the biggest disconnect and sometimes resentment sneaks in there too is that you're doing something that somebody else like you value it so much you value your time you're you're, you're taking the effort to do this thing and this other person isn't really even registering it but they're, it's not like they're noticing it and then choosing not to re- say something about it right it just especially when you got a lot going on it sure. just it just is what it is. Like, oh, cool. Like food. <laughs> yeah, I think that's there's food here like now. It's not like- I know. And I found myself, especially like, and this is, this is also not what I'd recommend, but I can tell. So like sometimes when he does say like, and, and by the way, like he's, he's great. He's there. I have like no complaints, but, uh, you know, if he does say like, you know, it really means a lot to me or I love you for doing that or something like that. I sometimes have the habit, like positive psychology person, I'll come over the top with the affirmation. I'd be like, thank you so much for saying thank you. And like just <laughs> something that makes no sense. <laughs> Right? Which makes it awkward. And it's super awkward and super patronizing. Oh. And I'm like, okay, like I'm over the top, like affirming this behavior. Like this is actually not, I shouldn't be doing this either. Like be normal. Be normal, chill. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> So it's good because I'm, I really like this. Like you mentioned, sometimes when you lose the spice in the relationship, what we're, what I'm going through right now is it's spicy. And I'm like, okay, like I have to remind myself that I like that this grows me. Like I have to remind myself that like, wow, this is a new experience for me. And like, as much as I sometimes don't love it, uh, ultimately I love it. Cause I'm like, yeah. now I've had that experience, you know? Yeah. And I think looking at things, I think we all do stuff for our partner that the other person doesn't really notice. Right. right? Like for example, uh, when I, like our sink is, is very, is beautiful in our bathroom, but it is the least functional sink of all time. So when I shave, it, hair gets everywhere. And so when I, I'm like, like a little baby bowl, it's like a, it's long, it's like long and flat. Oh, okay, yeah. It doesn't have like a good, yeah, we're going to yeah. re- get it. We're going to get it sorted out soon. Uh, it's because it's driving me crazy, but it's one of those things where I clean, I make sure it's super clean for Kelly. Cause I don't really care that much. Like if there's a few stray whiskers on the, on the, in the bowl, I don't really, it doesn't worry me that much. Um, but she doesn't even notice. But I know that I did it. And I'm like, oh, I appreciate myself. I don't need her to be like, hey, thank you so much for doing this thing. I'm just like, it's just a thing that I do. Right. You and know? it'd be awkward if she was, right? You'd be like, no problem. Like, yeah. why am I going to be deal with it? Or like cleaning the poop up in the backyard from the dogs. It's yep. like, I don't, I, I, I actually care about that. But it's, I don't need, I don't need to be affirmed for just doing a thing that is normal life stuff. Yeah. You know, or going to get groceries. Yeah. And then and I think it makes the times when I actually do something to be recognized by someone else, by her when she notices that it really matters, mm-hmm. right? Versus just standard day-to-day life stuff. Yep. You know, I don't really need much of that, you know, but right. there's little things like it snows in Denver all the time. And one thing that happens when you snow, when it snows is you pull your windshield wipers up. And so if she knows it's going to snow and then I don't have my windshield wipers up, 
and she's walking in and she'll like lift mine up or I'll lift hers up. And that's like a little cute thing. And it's like, nice. It's like, that's, it's sweet. It's like, Oh, like I forgot about that thing. And she did it. You know, it's, there's little, little subtle things like that. But then the the expectation I think is where resentment comes in. Right. It's like, Oh, I expect this person to, I respect this person to change their behavior and show gratitude for me in some way because of this thing that I did that they probably may not even notice or especially if you're going back to school, you're so preoccupied. Well, that was my, that was my light bulb moment was I was like, Oh, like I actually don't have to do this stuff. And like, and I do, uh, like I, I do like doing it, but I was also like, you know, he doesn't carry the right. And like, he figures it out and he's still fine. Like it's fine. So that was a good experience to have. I'm still working through it. You know, it's good. It's good practice. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. is. I had a thing. We, Kelly and I had a thing the other day where I, like my clothes were getting piled up in the, in the, in the bedroom which our bedroom's downstairs. And so she had been doing laundry. And so my clothes were getting, she was, she doesn't like sort my clothes out. She just sets them aside. Yep. Uh, and I prefer that. But if I'm not doing the laundry, I fucking forget that they're down there because right. I didn't put them there. Right. So all of a sudden I go in there and it's like, I'm going to bed and I haven't been in the bedroom all day. And there's a fucking pile of my clothes everywhere. And I'm like, I was getting frustrated because I'm like, just leave my clothes. I'll, then I'll, <laughs> I'll put them in the washing machine. I'll put them in the dryer and yep. then I'll know they're down here. Otherwise I just walk into like, then I feel like a sloppy college student, just like moving my dirty clothes. I'm not trying to do them at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. It was just such a funny it's thing. It's funny. Like, you know, I always say that relationships are like made or broken in the details and like the day to day. And it's funny. I think sometimes you don't always, you're not always ready for that stuff. Right. Cause yeah. it's the big things are the romantic stuff. It's like, Oh my God, like we're, we're, we're like in love and we have a lot of the same interests. We have the same value system. And like the big things are always taken care of. I think sometimes, but like the small stuff, Sometimes it's so small that you don't bring it up and that's when like shit piles up, you know, and then you're like, ah, like I didn't even know that I need to be prepared for who's going to wash the dishes. Like that wasn't even a conversation I would think to have until you have to have it. Yeah. And the little stuff you just assume it's going to be fine. Right. It's like death by a thousand. Like, no, I'll just do the Yeah. I'll just do the dishes. And the shame is when the big things are all lining up, but you're letting the little stuff add up and add up and add up. And then it ends up being just a shit show. And then it's like these, these arguments that are so fucking senseless. That's the, the, the Dane cook had a bit about that. Like the jelly fight, this cup, this couple just like arguing in the, in the grocery store aisle about whether they have jelly at home or not. It's like, this is obviously not about the jelly. (laughs) Yeah. This is about like (laughs) 10 years of shit that no one said. Yeah, And that's something about, I think about too, when it comes to resentment is, is something that we, the pattern that we kind of tend to have is you feel resentful for somebody, but then the big things are all good, right? So you think, well, I shouldn't feel resentment for them. So then you turn that resentment back on yourself and then you suppress it and then you try to talk yourself out of it. Um, and then it piles up, but that's, yep. that's the process, right? It's like, let me, okay. Um, I, instead of just genuinely feeling what you fucking feel and yep. expressing it. And I think healthy partnership too, you can say things that are, they're rational to you, but they, you can, you, consciously know they're going to be a little bit sound a little bit fucking crazy to someone yep. else and i don't mean super crazy but you yep. have a certain level of uh, like a crazy kind of um permission in some certain yeah. way where it's like I'm just, i just need to fucking say this thing yeah so then how do you say that like okay let's just say like obviously we know the best strategy is not like letting the shit pile up and then like one day you just go off and go postal like that's not going to be the best way so yeah. how do you like what do you recommend to someone who might be listening and going yeah i do have like I do have a lot of resentment in my relationship and I keep, and I don't know how, and I'm so scared to bring it up. What would I even say? Because it's not even one little thing. And the little things like, so for me to bring up something to Keith, like I didn't get you a whole food salad. He would be like, like that alone feels so ridiculous yeah. to bring up. Cause it's one little thing, mm-hmm. but I think resentment is, and it's a result of all, all the little things. Right. So like, it's hard to bring up one single instance. So how do you say to your partner, like I'm starting to feel resentful. I think the most important thing, to do and this is this is a hard this is the hardest part is setting a, a container like a space like an a, a amount of time and sometimes it's good to do it outside of your house too where it's you've you have a mutually agreed upon situation where you're going to be able to say whatever the fuck it is that you need to say and that's that's a lot right it's, it's a hard to do it's, it's really hard to do that but just having that commitment like let's commit to this and not taking things personally if it's gotten to a boiling point there's oh that's really the only way to do it i also think therapy is so helpful for people mm-hmm. like go, get into a situation with a coach or a therapist where you have a moderator where that way when you start to get triggered and upset and want to defend yourself somebody can kind of be like hey just let her let her finish or let him finish yeah. i don't think i think we overlooked that there's so many great relationship therapists out there that this is what they actually do and sometimes it's just like having a coach or a business coach like you're out here navigating something you don't need to navigate by yourself right like it just doesn't make sense yeah there's so many professionals that you can, they're a phone call away, you know, and then that's your, that's your space. Now that's not available to you. It, it, it's, 
mutually agreeing that, Hey, we're going to, this is the way this conversation is going to go. I've got some things I need to get out there and I just need to feel, I need to feel heard. So don't try, I'm not attacking you. So don't try to defend yourself. And, and then as the person who needs to air your grievances, not saying things like you make me do this, or you always do this, mm. right? Which neither one of those things are true. Nobody always does anything and nobody makes you feel anything. So for that, it's about personal responsibility. So for me, when there's resist, resist, resentment present, you look at this and say, okay, why did I create this situation for myself? How can I take responsibility for it? And then have the communication with your partner through the lens of ownership and responsibility versus projection and blame. Mm. That's what changes everything to me. And journaling is a great practice for that because you can really just get into like the, the pages on the in the journal aren't going to judge you. So you can say the craziest, wildest, most resentful, mean shit in your journal and it just goes away. Mm-hmm. Just throw it away. It's done. Yep. And then that gets it out. You, you start to articulate your, your emotion and your emotional experience so much better that way. You know, and I love that. And I, I agree. I think that's like to, put, to have a safe container and be like, hey, I have some stuff like I would love to just chat with you about. Um, what do you think about like when it comes to resentment at the end of the day? It's really like I'm resentful because you're not a certain way. Like you're this way and you're not this way. Mm-hmm. And we know that we can't change anybody. So at the end of the day, is it really on, can the other person really change? Like sometimes I just think like this is the way the person's brain works. Yeah. You know, I'll give you guys an example. When I was married, um, one of the, again, an example of like living and dying in the details was, um, I'm just not like that great at doing my laundry all the time. And obviously I exercise a lot. <laughs> and so I'd have like these huge, you know, like piles of laundry kind of like piled up and I wasn't the best at folding them and I'm really terrible at chores and stuff like that. And Jade would just be like, can we, can you do your laundry? Like, this is just, you need to do it. Like it's there. It's like starting to smell like whatever, which, you know, it's disgusting. And like, I remember I would just feel so embarrassed that the person I love was bringing that up to me. And I was like, oh my God, like, and I remember being like, yeah, I'll take care of it. I'll definitely take care of it. You know, totally. And then I wouldn't take care of it. Like I just couldn't, like, it's just not the way my brain worked. And I remember I try and try and then I feel shame and I feel embarrassment when I didn't do it. And they need to bring it up again. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and at one point he was like, Jill, do you want me to hire someone to like maybe just help out with this? And I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I remember just feeling so embarrassed and shameful. And I kept trying to do it, kept trying to do it. And he would, and then eventually it got to the point where he would say, Jill, like, you keep saying you're going to do it and you not doing it makes me feel like you don't love me. Like you don't consider me at all. Like you're just not considering me. You know, this is important to me. And yet you still not keep, keep not doing it. And I remember feeling devastated when he said that because I was yeah. like, that's not true. I do love you. I do want to consider you. That's not true. But I still like couldn't do the thing that he needed me to do. I do it for like a couple of days or whatever. And then it would just like, so sometimes I'm just like, maybe someone's brain just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, I totally think that, you know? that's, and that's a hard thing to accept, right? We're like, this just isn't going to fucking work. It's just not going to. Maybe we did at one point, but there's some things here that are, that are, I mean, that's why people, people always have that blow up whenever they don't live together before they get married. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> you know looking I mean? back on it. Like Jade actually had the solution, which was, why don't we hire someone to help you? Like that would have been, but I remember feeling so defensive and like so embarrassed that, and so I couldn't even allow for that because it would be yeah. admitting that I was somehow not perfect or when whatever you, that was. And you brought up how you were ashamed of yourself too. It's like, oh, and I'm, I, like I must not be a grown up because I can't right. do my or own like laundry. I'm, or I don't love, I don't love him. I don't appreciate him. Like I just, I felt all those, like just a lot of shame around that. But like the solution would be, so I'll give you guys an example. I was talking to Keith about this like last week and I was saying, you know, I had my launch last a couple months ago and, um, you know, I would have liked, and I said, I know you're proud of me and stuff like that, but it would have meant a lot to me if like, you'd been like, let's celebrate, like I'll take her to dinner or like whatever. Cause that's what I would do. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's what I would do. So that's yeah. what you expect from there. your partner. Yeah. yeah. And he just said to me, and it was really honest and it was really great. He said, you know, Jill, like my brain just doesn't work that way. Like, honestly, like we've done more for my birthday in the last two years than we have in the, I have in the previous 10 years because you've arranged it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm happy to celebrate, but you might have to tell me, you might have to say, Hey, this isn't really means a lot to me or this is important to me. So, and that was really honest of him to say, and like really self-aware to go like, my brain isn't going to automatically think of let's celebrate, but I'm happy to do it, but you might have to give me a hint. And I was like, yeah. okay, I can do that. I mean, the same thing happens in our relationship. Like yeah. that's, I'm very much that way. Like I don't, I don't even make a big deal of my own birthday. Right. It's just not, I mean, do something with my friends or whatever, but nothing, nothing crazy. I mean this, this, this year, because, because Kelly wanted to plan it, we went to Montana. <laughs> it's like, that's not something that was even on my radar. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, let's just go, whatever. But I like to like, I would just like to go have a couple of drinks with some of the people that I really care about and, and go home at 10. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not a big, I don't get excited right. about it. And then for hers, it was, 
you know, it, it took me, it was really, I did plan something for her birthday, but it was, it took a lot of me and it was also kind of like last minute, not last minute, but it was, I was definitely pushing the deadlines. And when I could get, like I had bought an Airbnb for her friends and they, like, they went to this little, like little shack in the mountains and did had a, like a whole night. It was fun for them. But, um, yeah, it, it, it take, it's like laborious, you know? And if I wasn't, it's if not I, your value system necessarily. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But it was, it was, I was really, it was really important to me to, to do something for her that. How did you remember was, then? Like, how was it? Because it's not your value system. So what did you have to say to yourself? Like, did you put a note on your phone or a reminder on your phone? Like um, Kelly's birthday, plan Kelly's birthday, plan Kelly's birthday. So what I did was as soon as I, I thought about it, it came to my mind. I was, I was, cause I was thinking about her birthday coming up and it was, I think like a week and a half beforehand. And I texted all of her friends. I did a group text with her friends that live in Denver and that group thread is what kept me accountable. That's cool. So I put it in a situation where it's like, hey, do you guys want to go do this thing? Um, I'll get the Airbnb and you will, you know, you guys can all just go do whatever the hell you want. I had, it was very little planning for me, right? So it was a, it was a cool experience. I kind of leveraged the fact that they were going to be able to do whatever they wanted, which left me not having to plan that much. Right. I was like, you're going to meet at the house at this time and then you're going to leave and then I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, but it the, the amount of effort it took on my end was actually like for for how fun of an experience it was and having a full day out in the mountains by a stream in this little shack like that's that was really cool. But the effort it was just like go find one on Airbnb right. and then give everybody the information. That was it. So yeah. it was it was kind of like I'm not going to be able to get elaborate with this. So what? How can I leverage that to yep. make it the most sense and then keep myself accountable to get it done because. Yeah. If you want to do something cool, you do have to plan it ahead of time, which is so, I'm so that's the, one of our biggest things. I'm like, you have to do that. You have to do the planning stuff. That's not how I live my life at all. And then does she feel like, well, I don't want to always be the one planning. Like, that's how I feel. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm like, but, like, sometimes I'm like, well, it would just be great if like you could like pick up the slack or like, I don't want to feel yeah. like I'm always my masculine. I, at least for me, that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm the one planning. I don't love I'm very controlling in my own life. Like I'm very like organized with my work stuff and like I keep that shit tight as hell. Yeah. But when it comes to a relationship, like I don't love being the one in the driver's seat in yeah. all things, not just like in the bedroom. Like I'm talking about like all things I want him to like, you know, I, a couple of times he's like surprised me going out to dinner and he's like, he'll just tell me how to dress. And like, we go out and I'm like, that means so fucking much to me. Yeah. I think that's one thing that is understanding personality types too. Cause it's going to be like 80% of the time. She's going to be the one in charge of planning stuff. So for me, it, I owe it to her to do a good job 20% of the time yeah, and do something like that. Right. And in the bedroom, it's the same thing. Like I, owe it's not, it's not like a transactional thing, but it's, you know, when you have the capacity to do it, when you're not exhausted from chasing puppies around and like working your ass off all day, like if you have any energy left, like put it there, don't get off, get off your fucking phone. Don't, don't get sucked into some other work stuff that you can save till tomorrow. If you have the energy to do it, when it, when it's available to you, invest it in a way that's going to be noticed by your partner. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just commitment. That's yeah. not, that's not asking too much of yourself to just take whatever energy you have left and put it in a place that is valuable to you. If the relationship is valuable to you. Right. And I think whenever people feel like the other person doesn't perceive the relationship as valuable to them and the way they're behaving, that's a big place for resentment too, because then Huge. you're not feeling seen. You're not feeling heard. This thing that you've created with this other person, your relationship isn't being kind of nurtured by the by the other person you feel like you're having to pick up their slack and that's a fucking of course you're gonna resent somebody for that that's a relationship that probably needs to end that's at some point that becomes depending on how long you've been in that situation irredeemable yeah that is that's hard it's like one person almost just feels like apathetic not like not like actively not wanting to be in the relationship but almost like they could take it or leave it yeah you know and you're like okay but why am i trying like why am i trying so hard when like literally this person's life has changed no in no ways mm -hmm. you know so i actually get a lot of messages from women who especially after they have a baby because the baby is so much more dependent on the mom than it is on the dad by nature and they resent the fact that their husband's lives haven't changed that much yeah and yet theirs have done a 180 and so they're like, you know, my husband still travels for work. He still gets to leave for, he you know, 12 hours. Yeah, he still looks the same. His body's <laughs> not fucked up. Like, and they're going like, my entire reality has completely changed. I lost all my freedom. Like, I don't get to leave the house for 12 hours a day. You know, mm. yeah, they're not making maybe the money that the, the spouse is making, at least when they're on maternity leave. But like, yeah, they have a lot of resentment. And I'm like, how do you talk through, how would you talk through that to someone? I think is that it like just own your choice. Like, is it like, yeah, I mean, you're having a, a kid is a huge choice and you got to know what you're getting yourself into. Right. But I think at the same time, you know, I look at that as a man and say, if I was traveling for it, say I had a normal job, right. Or even this, I was right. traveling to do podcasts right. all over the place all the time. Right. Yep. If I was that kind of cat 
and we had a kid, a new, a new kid, I would be resentful of her for being able to spend so much time with the kid. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Especially when the kids are, are older. I mean, not, not necessarily a newborn, but like when they're, when they're interacting and it's really important to be around them, like they're three, four, five years old Interesting. and I'm having to leave for a week at a time. I would be, I would be, so, I would be resentful of not being able to be with my kids because I have to then provide for this lifestyle. And then I would probably start hyper criticizing my wife's lifestyle for us needing more money than whatever, then I have to like keep doing this thing. Like it can go both ways. Interesting. And I think so t- often we get caught in our own perception of yeah. what the reality is. And you think your, your husband's out like gallivanting and, and having all of his freedom. And really, he would probably rather be playing Frisbee with his daughter. Interesting. You yeah, know? that's, I mean, and that really, that's what I say, like resentment, innately in resentment is a sense of self-righteousness. So yeah. both sides probably think they're right. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have that conversation right. and, and, if, and he doesn't communicate that he, because I think the thing about it is if she can communicate that she misses her freedom and he can communicate that he misses his kids and her and the whole situation, well then at least you're, at least you know where the other person's coming from. Yeah. It's like th- that way you can, if, if you can know where someone's getting resentful, right? If it, when it's coming up, not letting it fester for a long time, well then you can, if, just by having a, an understanding of that other person and yourself, you can communicate um, things that, that kind of diffuse the situation. So if you know that she's likely to get resentful of you after a business trip because you got so much freedom and she's overwhelmed, well then you can, you can behave in a certain way before and after the business trip and during as far as communication goes to mitigate that a little bit. Because then the last thing you want is for it to blow up and then him to resent you for not expressing your resentment. It just ends up being on a fucking hamster wheel of bullshit. (laughs) No, it's so true. And I actually brought up um, how I was feeling to Keith a couple weeks ago. He said to me like, and I was like, well, you know, what do you think? And he goes, well, I would appreciate if you didn't wait a couple of months to bring this up to me. And I was like, you're fucking right. (laughs) I was like, yep, you're fucking right. And I won't. Thank you. All right, now's the time to talk and tell you about our sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. They are sponsoring this episode and we love them for doing so. It helps us get our messages out to you. So you guys, Beekeepers Naturals, they are really just trying to make more natural alternatives to our pharmaceuticals. So being able to keep our immune system high and tight, high and tight, so we don't have to get all those medicines gunked up in our bodies. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about today is the Active Essentials Bundle. It is bee pollen, the propolis throat spray, and the bee-powered superfood honey. All athletes, you guys who work out a lot, weekend warriors, just go-getters, you want to support your active body with the superfood fuel that it needs so you can energize, recover, and stay really strong. So The propolis spray is going to help with your uh, immune system defense. Bee pollen helps with uh, energy and immune system fighting. It's energizing, beautifying, great for skin, and all the things. So if you want to get some, check out all their stuff. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com and use the best life at checkout to get 15% off of anything you get there. And we'll see you back in the episode. You know, so it's, I mean, it does all come down to communication and, you know, I love that you and Kelly are now doing this third show yeah. where you're talking more about relationship stuff, sex, how you guys come together. We have a lot of people in the best life who do want to talk to their partners about things that are like a little bit more vulnerable, right? So of course, anytime you have like an open conversation, honest conversation, you can feel vulnerable. But when you like throw like sex in the mix and like fantasies yeah. and all that kind of stuff, so how would you advise someone who's listening to us? Maybe they've been married for 10 years, yeah, right? <laughs> and they haven't been communicating in that way with their partner, but they decide that they want, I mean, we know, like we're, we're red-blooded late 30s women. Yeah. We like to, we like what we like. We're way more confident in the bedroom than we were in our 20s. How do you start having that conversation with your partner? Well, I think you need, first you need some direction, right? It's a, it, some clarity on what it is that you actually want right so if you want more passion you, you got to think about the the primary fantasy people have uh novelty multiple partner sex uh and a lot of times it's just more intimacy right so what figuring out what that is for you where you where you realize what you actually want to feel in the bedroom mm. and then again it comes down to ownership and responsibility it's like okay can i start this off 
by creating a really vulnerable space for my partner to talk about what they want. So let me not, not, and Kelly, Kelly and I have an issue with this because she'll be like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't fucking know what I want. <laughs> like I can't tell you what I want. And there's probably some things that I want that are a little bit too aggressive for me to tell you because right, then it would, that, that yeah. would not, we're not going there. Right. But, um, it's like it's like more that's more demanding. I was like, you just demand for me to tell you what I want. Like I don't know, it changes moment to moment. I might we might start having sex and I want this thing, and then by the end of it, I want something totally different, right? Danny so, J asked. She always asked, or like she was always asking, like her boyfriends or people she was dating, what they um what their porn search term was. I was like, I would never fucking ask that. Really? No, I don't want to know. See, I don't watch porn, so I would feel really weird oh. about that. Oh. I know. I feel like such a loser sometimes. Like well, don't get into it, but I just, it just I like my imagination. I can imagine anything. Yeah, I all mean, the time. <laughs> I don't. I don't judge it. I think that if it's taking the place of intimacy with your partner, then yeah, or you know, then I think getting into it idea. too young is a problem. Yeah, I don't like know, 13, but that's a thing, right? Yeah, like I mean, very much a thing. Because like, what did you have access to when you were like a teenager? Um, we like, could get what? into we could get into porn. We it could was find like, it. Was like images though, like on the there on was the images. There, there was wasn't a lot of video. some video by high school. Okay, you could get into it. It was like the buffering time was insane. You were waiting <laughs> for a long time. Like <laughs> you kept waiting because you could do like Napster videos. I think at some okay. point, and you could get in there and do yeah. the whole thing. Um, we had just like VHS tapes. We had VHS tapes and yeah. DVDs that people stole from their dads. Yeah, usually. I was gonna say it's definitely like an older brother had one or like yeah. something. Yeah, it would be happening actually. We would we would have a like pre football game like hangouts and in one room the guys some guys would be watching porn and the other room would be watching like um Remember the Titans. Oh my god. It's like pick your which which do you it's need like, to get amped up in yeah, the game? Whatever it is for you. If you want it like left side strong side or do you want like, you know, Debbie does Dallas. Like whatever it is. It was so, so funny. funny. So fucking weird. But I think you know, to bring up porn, I think watching porn with your partner mm. is a great way because that, that's the most porn I've watched in the past five years is with, with, with somebody and you get to search porn together. And a lot of times the woman, the female in the situation, if you're in a heterosexual relationship is trying to find something that the guy will like. And it's like this kind of guessing game, super, super fun. And it just, it makes it fun. It doesn't make it heavy because I think whenever we make our desires sexually very uh, serious mm. I mean because they are they're important but they're not serious you know what I'm saying it's not like a mortgage it doesn't even feel <laughs> that way yeah. it's it's more like okay how can I how can I bring light and playfulness into this so watching porn is a great thing watching something like maybe if you're trying to get into a little more aggressive like 50 shades of gray right not a great movie but it's a great catalyst for conversation like just putting yourself in these scenarios where different than having the resentment talk where you're very much like creating a space for that conversation. This is more like, how can I, how can I like just dangle this like right in front of his face mm -hmm. or her face mm -hmm. and just put it out there. And the women, what you don't understand, I think a lot of times with women is that they have way more leverage when it comes to sexuality than they think. Right. Cause the guy, I feel like as, as men, a lot of times it gets put on us to like do the thing or have the fantasy or tell you what to do or be dominant. And a lot of men want you to be more, more, have more input in the situation. And do something, right? Like dig some nails into his fucking back and make him hurt and just see what happens. He's not going to leave you, you know? Right. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Like try something new, you know, fuck in the kitchen. Just like, just start breaking the mold, breaking the pattern a little bit, especially if you've been in a relationship for 10 years, like you're in your rut. You know what this guy's dick looks like? You know what's going on? You know what? You know the noise he's going to make? You know what his O face looks like? Like, Well, that's why it's even harder do though. Don't yeah, you think like absolutely. after 10 years, if you're like, hey, like maybe you've had sex missionary style for the last five years <laughs> in a bed and maybe only when you go to a hotel or something and you're going to like pull your husband's pants down at like 9 a.m. on a Tuesday in the kitchen and be and like suck him off. Like, Why would not? that be? I mean, I, I mean, I think it's definitely something to do, like unsolicited BJ, but at the same time, like. What if the the person judges you? What if they're like, how, how, what it makes they judge you feel you for? so vulnerable. They're like, we well, yeah. don't do this. What are you doing? You're the mother of my kids. Get the fuck off the floor. Like that's the thing, right? right? You don't, yeah, we always just say this. Like you don't want to, you don't want to slap the mother of your kids in the face with their dick, with your dick. Right? It's I like, know a lot it, of guys. My weird. guy friends are like, I would never choke my girlfriend. She's my sweetheart. I'm like, okay. yeah, that's the Madonna whore complex, though. That's a whole different thing, and that's a thing for men. I think is really important to go down the rabbit hole of is that Madonna whore like dichotomy. And that's why a lot of guys cheat in the way they do. They have this, they put this woman on a pedestal and they can't treat her like a fucking slut. You just can't do that. Even though she's just as much of a slut as she is a good girl inside, right? Yeah. She, and she wants that. It's just, it's, it's this barrier internally where we have to, we have like a, the woman we marry and like the side chick, right? Who's like, can do whatever. And you can say, and the right. things you'll fucking say to the side chick, <laughs> like where the fuck does that shit come from? 
You know what I'm saying? Like I've been in that situation where it's like, this is the Adonis. This is like the woman that really makes the difference. You know, she's like, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man that she wants me to be or needs me to be, or that she deserves. And then on the other end, when I end up cheating inevitably, which would always happen when I was younger, I turned into a fucking completely different person. Why? Cause you didn't give a shit about impressing this person, the second person. It was, it was, it, I felt you feel like you're in a place where this person, it would accept that. And the other person would judge you. It's like all the things that you feel like you may have, which is all your own perception, right? That you feel like would have been judged by that, that woman who's on the pedestal, right? All that stuff comes out with this other person who likes it, right? Which the woman on the pedestal would, would have like liked it, it too. But it, it just, it's, this is all, it's all a story. It's all this game. And it, it's one of those things where it's just surprising, super surprising, but you would never date the other girl Got ever. It. Well, how can you, obviously, like, we don't want to promote cheating. So no. as like relief from your main relationship. <laughs> so how do you, like, how do you combine the two? I think that it's, it has to be a mutually agreed upon situation, right? Because it, there's going to be discomfort in it. Almost every time there's going to be some discomfort and it. it's going to take some time to, because what you're doing is integrating. You're, you're, instead of seeing just one side of somebody, you're accepting the whole picture, Right, which may change the way that you're gonna have to be patient because it's gonna change the way you feel about the person. Yeah, like that's that woman on the pedestal that you don't want to choke, like wants to be choked. You got to fucking choke her, right? Mm. Like it's, it's, it's and it's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun, and you're gonna have spontaneous sex and you're gonna do things. It's gonna be very novel, you know. And, and it's gonna, but it's gonna bring some things up. So you've got to communicate about it, and and communicating about it on the front end is so important because it creates the pattern of how you're going to communicate going forward. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what, like when I gave that example of like an unsolicited BJ, uh, like Tuesday morning at 9am, like in the kitchen, if you haven't been interacting in that way, and this is completely out of the blue, you're going to feel super vulnerable, like trying that. And then if your partner doesn't respond with like a hell yeah, like if they're like, what are you doing? Like, then you're just so gun shy. You're never gonna try anything again. Yeah, so it's, maybe it's having to, the conversation yeah. ahead then, of time. And then like throwing a curveball at somebody when they're not ready for it. And you never, never you don't know what's going right? on, you know? And, and so it's nice to kind of ease into that a, a little bit, but I think even something as simple as having sex on the couch, really at the end of the day is like, that's something people don't do a lot. Right. Or, or, or doing you know, in public in some, some Ooh. way, right. Like in the backseat of a car, like whatever you're doing, maybe like, at, I don't know, maybe like crazy scenarios, you're driving your wife to the airport, right. To drop her off, whatever, like reach over and unbutton her pants and just like rubber clit a little bit in the car while you're driving in traffic. Why the fuck not? It's like, do you think she's going to be upset about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, like when I talk, when I think about it, I'm like, no, they would never be. But you, before you do that, you go like how you're so scared about how it's going to be perceived or like, you know, like you're, yeah. you are gun shy. I think we just need to ex ex accept the fact that we're just kind of, there's a part of us that's still basically a fucking monkey. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's like, you see things like you just see as men, as women, and what I've never been a woman, but <laughs> you see things and you're like, I want to fuck that person. Right. And I think that that bringing that like wildness, that that curiosity, that playfulness into a relationship, it takes accepting kind of all all of somebody because you have you have to accept that you you see a person in the way that you want to see them. Yep. And that's that's naive. Right. So there is that person that you're seeing is in there probably. But there's a lot more to it than that. And the space to say some fucked up things that may, and, and if you open this, your man up to this situation, right? If you're a woman and you're, and you're opening your man up to like treating you like the whore, right? If you want to play in that world, you're going to see a different side of him too, you know? And that may kind of freak you out. That this guy is capable of these things, but at the end of the day, it's just accepting the whole person, mm -hmm. you know, that's not, whether you acknowledge it or don't acknowledge it is still there, right? It's just, it's just hidden. And then I think it brings so much more novelty into a situation just to experience your partner in a different way. And I think that at the end of the day, because everybody has different fantasies and different, and different ways of going about it, but di experiencing your partner in a different way, whether that's more romance, more intimacy, rough sex, bringing in a, a, third, per a third person, like all these different things, you're you're going to see some, see someone that you really deeply care about in a different way. And that's amazing. You know, that's fun. Yeah. It can also be scary. It is definitely scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think, you know, I look at having some of these conversations if you're scared to have them with your partner and like, you know, even just sometimes like thinking about talking more about like asking my partner and we did actually did an episode or we had part of an episode that we asked, um, 
And we said, like, someone was asking us, like, when do you, when can you give feedback to your partner? Like, is that like constructive criticism or like whatever? <laughs> and we kind of talked about like right after sex, cause you're having like pillow talk and it's kind of like, and you don't have to be like, Hey, you know, when you did that thing, I didn't like that. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause you're like on this high, you want to instead like affirm the things that, but I, like my advice was like to ask them what, like in that moment, you're in that like super intimate, like super connected space. You just like shared that together. That's a good time to like, if there is a question that might be a little bit taboo or you'll feel a little bit vulnerable asking, probably the best time to ask it. Yeah. You know, or to, to like be like, hey, you know, what's like a fantasy that you've always wanted to try? Or like, you know, would you ever consider like sex in public? Or, you know, what would you think if I just like... I don't know, went down on you and gave you like a road head, like all those kind of things, right? Like those would be a good time to ask those questions. Cause on, again, you're like running around trying to get out the door, do like, that's not yeah. the great, the best time to do it. No, not at all. And then it's, especially even if somebody's like kind of emotionally exhausted, right? Yes. And you're just like watching the dog, watching Mad Men or whatever. <laughs> you're just like having at the end of the day, that's not yeah. the time to bring it up either. If you've already had sex, that means that you've kind of committed to having some time together. Yeah. So whether it's that or even, I mean, even if you if you get the time to like be out at dinner, just you two, that that could be a good time too, because you're you're committed to that time together versus doing it in passing, mm-hmm. which I think is something you would do if you really didn't want it to go that well. <laughs> right. Like subconsciously, you were like, they're like, what? Well. I'm trying to get dressed for work. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah and you, so you and you and Keith have been together for like almost the, two years. Almost two years. Yeah. So is it still? We get in this thing, I feel like sometimes, because Kelly and I's relationship moves so fast that it, it's not really been a year yet, but I think some things have gotten dull and we've had to like spice them up and it feels interesting to have to do that in the first year. Dude, I feel like I'm dating someone different now without the mustache. I know that sounds so strange, but so for you guys who maybe don't know, Keith had this like really thick mustache for the last- well, One of the most impressive mustaches I've I mean, he like literally he gets so many compliments on it when he had it. It's like a Sam Elliott mustache. <laughs> it's really thick. Um, he did not have it when we first started dating, but he started growing it after we had been dating a month. And so I've only really known him. And he and he was like, Jill, you knew me when I ha- didn't have it because I was like kind of mourning it. And I was like, I know, but I didn't fall in love with the person, like I obviously <laughs> fell in love with the person, but like that was the look that I like. And so he's like, oh my God. And he's like rolling his eyes. Um, but when he shaved it, two things, number one, I like couldn't even look at him for a couple of days. Like I was little, I thought he was, I felt like he was a different person, you know, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't, he was acting the exact same or whatever, but I think it's, it would be akin to a woman dyeing her hair a completely different color. You well, kind of almost, almost feel, like, feel like they have a different personality. Yeah, somebody got like an explant surgery in a relationship, like got their fake boobs out. Yes. Like, like something like that where it's like, oh, your, your body looks way different It's now. different, yeah. you know? And it's not that I'm not attracted. It's almost like, I mean, I, I felt like almost, well, first of all, I looked younger without it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I dating like a 25? Am I like having like hot sex with a 25 year old? Like it, that kind of felt exciting. <laughs> and then this is something that doesn't get talked about when you, yeah, it was, it was so thick. It changed the dynamic of kissing. Yeah. And so now that it doesn't have it, like, I mean, we can't kiss for more than like three seconds or else I'm like, we got to go, like, we got to get into it. Like we got to, we got to have sex right now. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a totally different dynamic. That's so awesome. yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, we always had that good chemistry. Like that's one of the things that, you know, is definitely a strong part of our relationship, but I forgot. Yeah. That's rad. It is. So that's, that, that simple change and dyeing, dyeing your hair too, as a woman, that's a great thing. Or cutting you, your hair super short or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Or just doing something different, just, just dressing different. And I think not enough yes. people value that in a, or, or explicitly value that in a relationship. Yep. I used to, there was a time when I wouldn't date girls who didn't dye their hair different colors all the time. Oh, really? When I was in my late 20s. That's hilarious. Yeah, I would just like, if it's blue, green, orange, I, it doesn't care. I don't care. Like just as long as it changes because it makes, that keeps me excited. It keeps me in the yeah, game. And I also novel. dated girls that were kind of crazy. Which kept me very <laughs> excited too. <laughs> well, you were chasing the spice for sure. Uh, Do you feel I, like you were addicted to the, to, uh, where you feel like you were a little bit addicted to the drama, addicted to spice, addicted you to know, the I unpredictability? I was pretty, I was pretty avoidant. So it was, it would go really safe girlfriend, really wild girlfriend. And then always have like some kind of fallback plan. I mean, it was just my twenties, man. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. It it was my late twenties when I started to actually reflect on, I, that's one thing about the twenties too, is even you asked me that question, right? It's like, I didn't have enough relationship experience until I, until I got through almost all the way through my twenties to look back and go, okay, here are the patterns. Because mm, yeah. high school doesn't really count, no. and then you get college and whatever. So you have five, six years there after college, where you're then you're 28 all of a sudden, and like, okay, well, I've been in two or three relationships. Uh, this is the things that start that are coming up often enough. That's why I always feel like I don't can't imagine getting married in my early 20s. I know people that do it and have a great and, and do well with it, but I needed to see those patterns, and maybe it's because of my own like mommy issues and shit. 
I needed to see those patterns and go, okay, is that serve me or do I need to change that? Is that, is that really how I want to show up in a relationship? Is that how I want to be seen? Is that how I want to treat women? Because mm. up until that point, I just kind of been doing what felt okay. And was there a moment where you found that there were consequences to those things? Like that made you kind of look at your own behavior? Yeah. I think I mean, a lot of people just don't ever have to. Yeah. I mean, um, I had a really interesting perspective on cheating there towards the end of that. I would say the end of that era. So like when I was about 28, um, because I didn't believe that I should be monogamous anymore. And I was questioning monogamy hard. I was deep in that. And then I was dating this, this girl who's great. Probably the, like at that point in my life, the healthiest relationship I'd ever been in, but I was just getting, I was just ready to get like, do something different, but I loved her. It was a very confusing situation. And that's, that was the moment when I looked back and, and started to see the consequences of my actions in a way that were other people's reactions to me. Right. So it was things that I had done and how it hurt other people that started to weigh really, that was, that was more consequential than anything else. And it was people that I didn't even really speak to anymore, but just the way that I had conducted myself, um, without being mindful or present to it that I really wasn't okay with, but I was in this really confusing relationship where I was, I loved the girl, but we had things had gotten kind of stale and, and I didn't, I had just, my gym had just failed so many things that I'd lost complete like track of my own life. And then met someone else and, and some, and I still care deeply for both of these people. Right. So the person I cheated with, like I still love her to death. Uh, the person I was dating still love her to death. Like I just think they're both amazing people. And it was a very interesting situation to be in where I didn't have enough control over my own. I didn't have enough. I didn't know when I was meeting someone that like, this is a substantial, I didn't, my intuition wasn't really dialed in. Right. I was a 28 year old dude with a, fuck ton of testosterone pumping through my veins. Yeah. So when I met someone that I was like, I feel strongly for you, it went immediately to like sexuality yep. versus I couldn't pump the brakes on myself. And in that relationship, uh, ended without her knowing, but I ended up telling her later on down the road. And that was super, that like, as far as consequences goes, like that was super fucking hard. Um, and it, it was just, it was just strange. It was like this I, living, this confusing existence of really caring for people but then also doing these things that were extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. But then also realizing that, I, I don't know, I want to fucking, I want to be selfish. I've done everything for other people all the time. I've been in the fitness industry. I was getting resentful for my career because sure. all I do is shit for other people all the time. I just want to fucking play. I don't take advantage of people. I don't lie to people. I mean, except well, for I mean, I was going to say like, that was, that's the thing, right? I don't actually think that the cheating necessarily, I don't think desiring to be with someone else when you're with someone is inherently bad. Like I think, no. you know, but I mean, I think it's normal, but the key is, and it's interesting because I had a girlfriend uh, or a friend of mine who this happened to recently. She was feeling like she wanted to have, she wanted to move a relationship into an open relationship and she brought it up to the person that she's with and the person she was with doesn't, didn't want to do it. And so they parted ways. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about telling our partner, Hey, I'm thinking about, being with someone else, you know, I'm starting to have feelings for someone else. We have to be ready for, they might not be down for that yeah. and they might leave. And that's so fucking scary that we don't say it. And that doesn't make them less evolved or whatever. No. I think a lot of times in like spiritual communities, you yeah. get that, but I was trying to get in the relationship that I was in that I was just kind of just speaking about. I was trying to just, inf- I wasn't doing a very good job of communicating it. Like I was reading these like open relationship books and I was trying to going in that way. Like I just, I knew You're something like needed to change. leaving a book on the table? Yeah, but it <laughs> was, I, d- I communicated such a poor way that she was now defensive. Sure. So there was no way. It was like, it was, there right. was no way for it to go, but, but, but so split that So what would you have done differently now as the person you are now? Um, and it, cause we, we stayed friends afterwards, like after a while and everything yeah. had settled down and she was actually into it. It was just the way that I communicated it. So what I would have done is, is asked her, what her desires were that she was kind of where, where, and I'd like to love, I love to use shame as a, as a to my benefit in this. Like, well, what, what desires do you have that make you the most uncomfortable or most shameful? And then create a situation where she can express those without fear, judgment, shame, the things that exact, the exact reasons she doesn't let those things come out. And then I'm able to see her more fully. And that creates an environment where then I can do that for myself because she feels safe at this point versus putting her in a situation where she feels like she's not enough. So I need more, Yep. you know, and, yep. and then, you know, fast forward five, six years, that's exactly what Kelly and I have done, yep. which has been super, super fun. Yeah. And it, we've both feel 
and there was some pressure for sure. Like she went through this really intense sexual awakening situation, and I felt a lot of pressure to be like, because to her at that point, like sex was so important and such an important part of her healing that I was like, I, I just want to have sex. Like I don't need, I don't want it to be this. It really, I didn't want this much pressure on me to be part of your sexual healing process like this isn't fun for me <laughs> no it just feels like way too important <laughs> because we're going through this thing but it was fun to be able to we were able to talk about it you yeah. know and i'm like just t- let the just fucking chill like it's gonna be more yeah. fun if you just relax right you gotta, you gotta relax into it like you exactly. want to be just like you want sex to be good for a very long time yeah so you it can't be like so huge all the time yeah and when you get somebody who has who really likes to be in control and then you take you know and you add in the sexuality component it's like the first thing that somebody who's kind of control control freak and self-described will will try and make it all like on their trajectory or how they wanted to do like let's make it erotic in the way that i wanted to be erotic down to the you know down to the number and it's like well that's not really how this how this <laughs> works yeah <laughs> like it's good like especially for me like right. i i really enjoy the spontaneity Yes. You know, and I think that's something that I, I try and find and even, you know, by inviting other women into our relationships, like that's kind of been my place in our relationship to do something that feels taboo and spontaneous, um, which is so fun. But it's also has to be done through a, through the lens of respect, which yeah. is really, really interesting. Yeah, it's a lot. It's evolving. I think I, I just like that podcasts like yours are providing just even uh, verbiage around this because I think we don't talk about it and then we have feelings of wanting more or we have illicit feelings or we have like, and we don't know what to do with them. And we're like, I guess I just can't bring these up or I guess Mm -hmm. I'm just stuck in this, or I guess I need to have an affair or I guess like we just don't have the permission to talk about it a lot. It Mm -hmm. feels still like super taboo, lots of stigma around it, especially because people's sexual sensitivities or preferences are so specific too. Mm -hmm. So like the second you try something and you don't get a positive response for whatever reason in every other part of our life, or we can, we take the criticism and move on. But when it comes to sex, we make it so much bigger. Like, oh my God, I did something wrong. Or I'm just never going to bring that up again. I'm never going to initiate sex again. Like we just go and catastrophize uh-huh. versus just being like, cool. It wasn't like the right time. Try again tomorrow. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. But for some reason we take it in and we make it feel so, um, like the rejection is even more magnified. Yeah. Yeah. It's sex is this, is this really hyperbolic kind of situation. And it's unfortunate that we, I think if we would have had more experience discussing it younger and yeah. have a, have a proper pattern. For did you discussing. ever have like a sex, did your parents ever give you like a, uh, my mom gave grandma? me like a bag of condoms at one point <laughs> and she's like, use these. And we're like, um, okay. We were like 12. <laughs> See, <laughs> I think that's this. better than like, well, first of all, my ex-husband had lost his virginity at 12, Okay, that's but, but I would lucky. prefer, I think that's better than waiting till you're like 18. I was uh, 16 and then I didn't have sex again until I was 20. So I had a girlfriend when I was 16 and it was, it was fine. It was just the church was such a heavy influence mm. that it was, it was weird. I remember like watching the clock cause I was like really anxious about not coming too soon. <laughs> like this, the first time we had sex was like <laughs> four and a half seconds. And the second time was like 15 minutes. I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a huge misconception too. I think dudes think the longer, the better. Sometimes it's like there's, it's a bell shaped curve. Yeah. You it, know? And also depends on the scenario. Yes. Yeah. Like, totally absolutely. depends on the scenario. Yeah. You know, cause sometimes like, you know, sometimes you want like a quickie, but for women, like we take a long time, we take longer to get like just revved up. So yeah, but the, there's a sweet spot, but sometimes the shit's too long. Like if we've already come, like we're good, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just, and you guys are so variable too. Totally. Like up women can come so fast. Some women are right. just like, just in, in multiple times. And then some, right. it's like, a, it's like a laborious process to like or get like, it out of there. Right. Or, or sometimes it takes, or sometimes we'll like be like so close and one tiny thing will like, what, we're ti- back. what tiny things? What, what happens? Like, okay, let's just say you're having spontaneous sex, right? Uh-huh. Whatever. And the TV's on the background. And so like, if you're tuned in to the sex and you're like, and you're close and you're getting close, then all of a sudden just something on the TV like catches your attention, you literally are starting back from zero again. Wow. Or like, okay, so when we were dating, we've talked about this on the podcast, uh, you know, we'd be with just whoever and and having sex and they would go, are you close? Are you going to come? Are soon you're going to be, I want you, are you close? And like just asking that, you're like, I was until you started fucking asking. Yeah. And now I'm not anymore. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, like, I don't, or like, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I Danny was with one, a dude one time that was like, don't fake it. And she was like, I might now because like, what the fuck? But I wasn't going to before. Like, believe me, I don't want to fake it either. I want to get off. Yeah. So like she, you know, like just stuff like that, that like dudes don't like necessarily know. I know that 
men want women to come. So sometimes they'll like, we talked about this on a recent episode. So if you say in like the feedback uh, during sex is if you're liking something and you say like, that feels so good for whatever reason, men think that means they have to go faster. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. not. It's so, yeah. it's like no. I didn't say go faster. I said that feels good. Don't stop doing that. As it is, you don't yeah. need to go faster, right? Yeah. And so then you're like, now the shit hurts. Like you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> okay, now it's now go slower, right? And you also don't want to as a like oftentimes as a woman, we don't want to constantly be having a fucking direct, yeah, a motion picture. Like we're like you know what I mean? You want it to feel somewhat organic, but also you know we know how to get ourselves off too. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> oral sex is one of the trippiest things ever because it's so, it can be so it can be so cumbersome, and everybody likes something different. Yes, it's you've got for me and and I was lucky that I didn't have, like I said that gap between sixteen and twenty having sex like I didn't have sex but I did everything else so I had my you know when most people were learning how to have sex I was like just eating pussy all the time. <laughs> So it was like, that was helpful. I ended up, you know, in the long run, end up being all right. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people don't like doing it. Like a lot of women don't. And I know dudes who don't either. Don't like having it done or don't like sucking No, dick. everyone likes having it done. Okay. 99% <laughs> of people like having it done. But a lot of people don't like giving it. Like I know women yeah, who just what? like refer, refuse to do it. Like I Why know, not though? I know. Like, I talked to women who are like, my husband's gone down to me twice in our entire relationship. I'm like, yeah. Why? How? I, I don't, don't understand. Know. Eating pussy is one of my favorite things in the world to do. Like I have, if that's even more like a fantasy, it's just like getting, like going down on someone. I don't even know their name. Like that's a fantasy of mine. I love it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's a stranger. There's so know. much illicitness though. In like uh, yeah, sexual fantasies. Yeah. It's just like, there's, that's just so much more. Can you imagine the reality of that? You're I'm, like, Hey you, I don't know you. Come here. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I've actually done it. I mean, you, I feel like I've you could do it in like a club in Europe or something. Like, see, I enjoyed, uh, so for me in my real life, I would do stuff like that at like coffee shops out of nowhere. It was fun. It was really weird. I would, and I could pull it off in like the weirdest. It was just, it would like things would line up. I think I was just so open. It was a time after, after my last relationship before Kelly where things were so, I was just so open to what the fuck ever. And, but I was really present to what was going on. So I would always try and provide, it was, I had this weird like twofold approach to dating where I wanted that person to feel respected and appreciated from the jump. That was like super important to me. And I also wanted them to have an experience with me because I knew I wasn't in a place, I wasn't emotionally available. So I was like, I want them to have an experience with me that was so fun um, and that they would remember and that opened them up to their own sexuality. That was, and it was this, it was that meant that mentality. Can you imagine having that mentality and dating in your yeah. like early thirties? <laughs> it was so like, weird. it was the weird, but it opened me up to so many things because the questions I asked were different. Like I had those intentions going into dating. So it, things would just go to things would just happen and it was it was wild it was really really fun like one of the most fun time time periods of my life because i was and i was also traveling a ton so yeah. things things were just were just happening it was it was weird but i don't know that i've actually pulled that one off that was that's the stars have to align in a certain way yeah i mean i think there's definitely like an illicitness too like anytime you're you know you're fantasizing on your own it's like yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things for me is, is that I definitely, I fantasize about being with my partner, being with other people, which is fucking weird. If you consider like, weird. well, no, I think it's pretty common, but I think it's weird from the perspective of like, if that actually happened, that's like my worst nightmare, right? Like obviously like my husband being with someone else, like whatever, yeah. but there's something about that that turns me on too. Huh? So like in the fantasies that someone else, are you there? Or is it sometimes like, I like walk in and like catch them? Which oh, is you hot. walk in and catch them. See, yeah. I've, I have that same fantasy of architect, or like getting the situation where I'm, I'm that I'm on the, I'm the guy in that situation, right? So like I'm hooking up with someone. Kelly walks in. Oh. I have that. Yeah, that's it. That's out there. Yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. I have like there with someone, and I walk in. And then what's the, what's, your, what's your response to that? I'm trying to think. I don't think, think I, want to, I want to see the, the dissonance between like what your actual response would be and like what's your fantasy. fantasy well, you know, it's funny. Like, you know this, like in the manifestation, like law of attraction world, they talk about visualization a lot. And mm -hmm. I'm like, am I literally like, I've had this feeling of like, God, if I'm fantasizing and like, that's my fantasy and I'm thinking about Keith being with someone else or like my ex-husband being with someone else, like, am I like legitimately on an energetic level, like <laughs> manifesting that? <laughs> Like, I wonder about that sometimes with Jade too, you know, with my yeah. ex-husband, I'm like, God, like I did a lot of manifesting. Oh, well, maybe there's something in that for you though. Shit, I don't know. I mean, if it's, yeah. if it's, is it come up pretty often? What does? Does that, does that yeah. fantasy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, man. 
huh. I, mean, I think it's pretty common to you guys like you guys haven't ever brought anybody else into the relationship no i think oh. i think i would freak out man i'm way too fucking jealous i don't know i don't know i think that you have to have really good rules kelly said the same thing but kelly fucking loves it it's like it's one of those things where, where when we get in that situation like after the last time it's only happened a couple of times but after the last time she's like oh my god i fucking needed that like i needed it because she, and she even talked about this on her coming out episode because she got pretty fucking open about this i've been really impressed actually is how open she is about all this stuff but she's like connor just can't touch me like a woman can and he never will be able to and i honestly don't want him to be able to I just yeah, can't yeah, do it right like, and i was like yeah i don't and i'm, I'm that i think a lot of guys i've been propositioned like from couples yeah to be a third being the, being the third versus being the having the third is a diff, whole different fucking ball game though. Yeah. Whole different ball game. And I think I don't being it, the it guest ta- star versus Yeah, being the, the unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a fun deal though. It's but you got to find the right people. Yeah. At the end of the day. God, I don't know. I'm getting yeah. red just thinking about this. <laughs> being stressed. Well shit, Jill. Uh, let's wrap uh, this thing up. So good. Well, I love that we got to talk on these topics because I feel like we get a lot of people who, you know, we always say that and I'm sure your show is the same way. Like no one will listen to our show in front of their kids or other people, <laughs> by the way. But it's one of those things like if you're passing an accident on the freeway, you can't not look at it. Like our yeah. podcast is like that. People love it because it is a little bit, a little taboo. Yeah. A little off color, but. I mean, for us too, with OK Babe, especially like you, you get to actually be a part of we do the best we can to, to, we can't have the exact conversations we would have. If we weren't on the podcast, right? Yeah. When you put the microphones there, things change a little bit, but we try to make that, that change as little as possible yeah. to where we're, we're talking like Kelly will, we'll save stuff for each other. I don't know if you and Danny do this, yeah, but we do. she won't tell me things and then she'll tell me on the podcast. So I get, it gets a genuine reaction. She's like, hey, I haven't told you this yet. And I was, and it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking <laughs> been sitting on that for a week. What yep. are we doing here? <laughs> it's, I think that, that that's something that we both really, uh, I, one, I think I appreciate, appreciate about you. And I think that we both, intend to do is is bring actual like actual fucking conversations yeah. there's so much bullshit there's so much yes. bullshit out there well you can tell when it's like highly curated you know yeah. what i mean and like to be honest when we first started the podcast because we were super new i remember we did a couple of like we brought back some of our old episodes uh over the holidays and i remember <laughs> it was just so funny at some point i was like okay danny what do you think like it was so <laughs> robotic and like just so curated and stuff so we've gotten a little bit better we've gotten a lot looser and the, and i think the conversations have, have been better too that's awesome for it so yeah thanks so much for sharing these discussions with me i think everyone will love hearing this and hopefully take yeah. away some stuff and right right back at you yeah and <laughs> you guys will have to dm connor if you give an unsolicited bj yeah, in the uh, middle of the week. In the middle of the week, maybe like in a little, kitchen, yeah, maybe little little fingers little on the road. road. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Connor that you that he inspired you. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> See y'all later. All right, bye guys. <laughs>